What's up? What's up, bitches? Today, I have a really special podcast episode because I'm joined by Denise Brady, who's a licensed psychotherapist. And I found her videos during the heat of Love is Blind. I was able to see her breakdowns, really understand um, her content. And I was so excited to reserve time to speak to her on shows and welcome her to the podcast. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And just a quick plug, if you're not following her already, what is your handle so they can look you up right away? Denise Brady Therapist. There we go. So follow Denise so that you are aware of her content, throw some support. She has a YouTube, an Instagram, a TikTok. So everywhere where you could follow her, do it. It's just Denise Brady. Yeah, therapist. I love it. It's easy all around, just yes. like my podcast. <laughs> like, don't change it. I love the consistency. Yeah. <laughs> So I always want to start with a quick icebreaker before we get into things. So today I wanted to ask, what are your top, like a goaded, all-time favorite reality shows, if you had to pick a couple? Oh, man. Um, I've been watching reality TV since like the days of road rules and real world. So my go-tos would probably be, um, I like to throw in a little bit some cooking shows, some drama with reality relationships. But I also like maybe some more darker stuff also. So I'd probably say my go-tos are, of course, like anything like Housewives. Um, I'm really into like the girls trips. Um, I started to get into those. But I also like my, you know, um, guilty pleasures of Love After Lockup, you know, to make sure to remind me that my life isn't so bad. <laughs> I totally get that. I like those two <laughs> options. I felt that way about 16 and pregnant when I was a teenager. Oh. Like I would be like having a bad day and I would turn on like teen mom or 16 and pregnant. I'm like, yeah. well, I pretty much have absolutely <laughs> nothing to complain about today. No, like, at least I'm not pregnant and like living in like, you know, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then stuck with this teenager for the mm -hmm. rest of my life, like to deal with him, you know, whatever adult mm -hmm. persona he takes, like mm -hmm. it's a blessing to not be in that position. So yeah, turn on teen mom, quick reminder. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I can't believe teen mom is still on like teen mom. OG. Like, wow. It's crazy. And especially I don't tune in anymore, but I've seen the recent news of one of the OGs. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess Ryan, I, yeah. I think that's his name, just being mm -hmm. super abusive and, like I was just saying a second ago, they start these lives in such like a high um, risk situation and it's tense yeah. and it's a lot for someone to process at that age. And I'm not, he has no excuse by any means, but it's like, oh my God, without the help of proper therapy and without people mm -hmm. stepping in to really make sure people are okay, it's mm -hmm. easy to see how reality personalities just go so south. Yeah, I think he was... Um like coddled a lot by his parents and he had substance abuse issues and probably, you know, really did need some therapy, but I don't think he really went. So he probably, you know, the limelight, the money fueled probably his addiction, unfortunately. Um, and having parents who probably also coddled him and didn't know what to do. And so he, I think his, um, his substance abuse just spiraled and watching the video of what the house looked like. I don't know if you saw it, um, yeah. When the cops came and how his wife and I think he has one child with her too, but that was like really sad. And I to couldn't still believe see her it. in um, at court with him, like still hoping he would get out after everything. It's just it's really sad to watch. 
I, I couldn't believe the state of the house. He, mm-hmm. if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, trigger warning, but look mm-hmm. it up because he damaged every single surface of that house. Yes. I mean, yes. anything. If if it was sitting there, it was broken. If he mm-hmm. could write a slur on it, he did. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd never, and it was the house where his children were supposed to be safe. And I was mm-hmm. just... I was mind blown just as you, I was, I was shocked, but yeah. How do you, how do you wake up to that situation? Like every day, like knowing that while having to walk around broken stuff, um, I just don't know how you function. It was almost, it almost looked like kind of like a drug den. Um, so it's like, how do people like children exist in this space and go to school or whatever, you know, how they live every day. It was really sad. And like you said, with the coddling, at a certain point, people need to step in and just really take control of an of someone who is that out of line. He needed like a wake up call, you know, yeah. years ago by someone who was qualified to give him one. Honestly, that old show where they send problem teenagers to juvie just to see how they do, like send problem husbands to jail. Like, let's see how they do. <laughs> like, like get them in prison and let's see how you Here's do them. Street. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just got like a lot of um pat on the hands. Uh and then he would just get out and do the same thing. I I kind of see why uh I think remember her name was Mackenzie how she doesn't have um I think his name is Benji. He doesn't have a lot of contact with his father. Yeah. Because I see why you, you can't trust that her your son will be safe in his custody. Absolutely. Very unpredictable. And high stakes, like it's your child's entire life before them. So I want to get into yellow jackets early just because I feel like I can't wait to talk about it with you. Yes. Yes. So first of all, what did you think of Natalie drinking the Kool-Aid and we see the episode start with her in purple and trying to convince the others to stay and kind of like give the positives of being at the compound. I almost feel like it, it reminds me so much of trauma therapy. Like you, you have to sit with the pain. You have to sit with what you have been trying to avoid. And I think there's just something so mysterious yet convincing about her that she can pull people into her mind, into her space that, they drink the Kool-Aid and they fall for this, I don't know, like, it's not even charisma. It's something about her aura that she's able to have people align with her and pull people in. So it's just very interesting how she's able to get people to do what she wants. Now, is this a bad thing? Like, my mind is wondering, is this a cult that she is having or is she truly doing like... um? a healing workshops or like, you know, is this like a retreat or in your mind, like, how are you perceiving this entire space? To me, it gives cult vibes. Like it's really feeling very culty, even though people can have um, contact with their families. We, we see the one character who goes and visits her mom against kind of rules. Um, it's very cult-like. And I think on the outside, that's how cults happen. That's how you get sucked in. It gives you the the appearance of like, this is good for you. You have freedom here. You can be anybody you want. But behind, you know, 
some of the, you know, things you see on the outside is like, actually, we really don't want you to leave. We need to stay here. So it's giving me very culty vibes. I'm almost starting to wonder, and I'm kind of jumping around a bit, but the way that everybody's gathered there and the visions that Lottie keeps having of, you know, mm-hmm. all of this blood, like it almost feels like her other self or maybe the part of her that's driven by this antler figure I'm almost wondering at this point if she was gathering everybody who mm-hmm. has a lot going on and would stay and whatever their willpower. Um, I wonder if she's going to kill them. Like, I wonder if they are sacrifices um, mm-hmm. that they are going to ultimately take advantage of. Like, I can't, I can't tell what she's doing. I know that she meant well, but I think that her mm-hmm. other self, if that's what we'll call it, or the power that's tr- trying to win her over, I think it has other mm-hmm. intentions with her compound. Yeah, I get, I can see that. I think that there is some type of sacrificing that's, that's going to happen. Killing them, I think that might be the alternative part of her. The psychosis is what I call her psychosis side. She's bringing the the women to the compound to give to this person, this being. Um, but do I think ultimately they will be sacrificed? I don't think so because this is a show where I'm, I'm guessing they're trying to do multiple seasons. That wouldn't Girl. be able to happen if they all died. Um, I do kind of see maybe um, is her name Leah, the one with uh, what's the girl's name Van Van. Yeah. I can kind of see Van being sacrificed because out of all the women who are there, she seems the, the least main character energy. She sometimes gives me like, I'm there, but um, I can see her being taken out somehow. And she's already kind of dying because she has cancer. So that I can see something happening to her. But the other women seem very much core group, core main characters that I don't see them being sacrificed, but I can see something happening with Van. Two things. Um, totally agree with Van. I, and she was even wondering about why she's alive at some point in this mm-hmm. last episode and what her, you know, why am I here? What is my purpose? So, mm-hmm. you know, potentially, like you said, it could be tied into there. Um, mm-hmm. But also not the women, but, you know, the people who are at the compound, like not the main mm-hmm. characters, um, the guy who is carrying the goat. Or the just all, yeah. Are they going to get sacrificed? Like, is was mm-hmm. she cultivating a flock to sacrifice? And then her friends get there and they do it. You know, I'm wondering oh, similar if similar to what happened in the past. Exactly. I can see that. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of those other girls end up being sacrificed in some way. Um, I can see that happening. I also was wondering, I know people said this is not true, but they keep emphasizing and doing these drone shots of the whole compound, the lake, the tree, them running through the woods. I, I thought it was either the same place or a similar place of where they crash, but people have keep saying that it's not the same place, but there's something about the emphasis of this, all these aerial shots we keep getting. And with Lottie standing on the, the wood paneling and then it, one episode ended with the overview of the lake and her standing right there. There is some significance to this place also. That's why I was thinking, is, is it the same place? I agree 100%. I, I I still think it's that place as well. Like I have heard people say no, but I feel the same exact way. Then what's mm-hmm. the relation? If it's not that, you know, 
we, like we even saw, and I forget her name, which is unfortunate because she was a, um, a main character for a while, but the girl who gets in the plane and decides she's mm-hmm. just going to give it a shot, she crashes into a lake. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. all of the geographical features line up. The only difference mm-hmm. is it's not wintertime. So I, I feel the same way. I think that they are in the same forest. I almost feel mm-hmm. like Lottie reclaimed that area and tried to turn it mm-hmm. into something positive. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what she thought she was doing, but she was probably actually being drawn back out there Yeah, for another with, purpose. We saw them also trying to get that moose on the lake when it was frozen. Yes. So yep. to me, all of it is like, we're back in this place. They're dancing around the fire similar to what they did when they were there back in the day. I believe it's the same place. I know everyone says that it's not, but why do they keep showing these all these aerial shots, all of the greenery? Um, sometimes they were running through the woods one evening. Um, to me, it, it has to be, this, there's some significance to this location. Also, at the end of one of the episodes, we saw the same symbol um, from an, another aerial shot of the girl. Or that that image on the the ground near the yes. too. Mm-hmm. There's so many unanswered questions and then plot lines that were given instead. Like I'm yeah. still <laughs> like, and I know that you can relate. So thank God. But I'm still thinking about Javi. Where was he? And what was wrong with that tree that had um, its roots completely uncovered because it was warm under the area? Like, why aren't we figuring more out about? where Lottie was when she was like in this shopping dimension and then where Javi was that he comes back fully fed. I just feel like there is another world under that ground and we're just all ignoring it right now. I have heard like some theories about like the underground um, stuff and where he was. Um, What you said about the trees remind me of something that I saw in this week's episode in the beginning. So once you watch it, they're going to pick up a little bit on that with the coach and the um, the roots of that tree. So it, it kind of makes sense of why they were emphasizing this thing in this episode this week. So yeah, there had been theories about how he, um, what happened to him, how he was alive. So I don't know. He, during the winter, he survived with no food. He wasn't thinner. And that, that's another thing that kind of bothers me about this show is that they're supposed to have been out here six months at this point. Right. Physically, they don't look like that. Nope. Sometimes their hair looks a little bit, you know, raggedy, the wigs. um, But, you know, especially Christina Ritchie's wig, it does look a little bit moppy now. Yeah. But it's not giving me vibes that we've been here for six months. Christina Ritchie's younger character, Misty, Mm -hmm. she does, this actress does a phenomenal job. She is. She looks so different. I was, I'm like, they, she has bright blue eyes and like dark brown hair and very slim. And they made her, they put in these like muddy ass contacts, like the same color as my eyes. They like (laughs) dull her down, worst perm, but she annoys the shit out of me. Like Misty drives me nuts and she does such a good job of, she, the show does a good job of making us wonder who's the craziest because we started with seeing Lottie in season one take mm-hmm. pills. And then we, as soon as we figured out that Lottie had no pills left over, we knew some sort something was happening, whether she has mm-hmm. multiple personalities, whether she is bipolar or psychosis prevention. We knew something was coming, but then we see mm-hmm. Shauna's demise. We see mm-hmm. Taisa 
sleepwalking and we still don't know it's like everybody's crazy well they all have some type of psychosis going on so Thaisa to me has uh DID which is multiple personalities I think that Lottie is schizophrenic um and a lot of the other girls I think have some kind of head trauma from the crash so they go through different psychosis but Shauna is very interesting interesting she might be the most interesting character to me because I'm trying to figure out, this is going to sound pretty bad, if her adult self is just, is it bad acting or is it that she, her character is numb and trapped in the mental capacity of when all the trauma happened to her when she was like 15, 16? So I've been trying to figure out if it's that they're trying to show us that mentally she's still like 15 years old and that's why she's so numb or is it the acting? Like, I've been trying to figure that out. I think that, I think that it's probably intentional. I think you're right. I think they're trying to show us that it's um, her 15 or 16 year old self and that she still responds Mm -hmm. to things the way that she would in a very primitive sense, Mm -hmm. like the way that her minivan was taken and she shows up there. I, I thought that yeah. was hysterical. I'm like, look <laughs> at her. Like, what are we watching now? Like, she's like, she, and I knew it was going to go that way. Um, but even her husband, I'm going to soon be honest for one second. I thought all of them were dead. Like, I thought this was about to be like American Horror Story Murder House. Oh. And like, when they showed us the plane charred uh-huh. and the bodies in it, that mm-hmm. everybody's really dead. And I'm thinking, and oh, I thought okay. maybe like, like Jeff was going crazy and that he was mm-hmm. like one of the few Jeff and then, um, Thaisa's wife were one of the mm-hmm. few people we saw in the actual like real world. I, I don't know that I think that anymore, but I'm still confused as to what they were trying to do with that episode when we see the plane and when we see all of the bodies yeah. in it. I'm but- is Thaisa's wife the same girl from the cabin? No. Okay. They, there's a lot of emphasis on that other girl, but nothing about her as an adult. So I was like, is it the same person? Because they 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 seem to, in the, the newest episodes, be fo- focusing on her more. Um, so I've been wondering, like, what's going on with that also? What do you think about when Shauna beat up Lottie? That had me speechless i i couldn't believe how hard she went like like one i couldn't that's what i was about to say and nobody stepped in um i couldn't i i like it was so brutal she looked like dead i couldn't believe she Mm -hmm. fucking moved like when she moved that arm i was like oh my god because i mean her face was so swollen. Yeah. What did you think? Like, do you think that she has all of that rage in her or does this feel extra even for the show? I think she does have all that rage in her because look what she was able to just do to that guy that she was dating. She has this like switch that um, she's very numb. So sometimes she can be very just like zombie-like but the wrong thing can really flip that switch of like flight or flight. And she'll, she'll go into that flight mode of like, okay, I have to go into survival mode. And I don't think it's the last time that we're going to see that happen. Um, But yeah, it was very interesting that no one 
stopped. I think they were also in flight or flight. So they were, they froze. They went to fawn mode of just, okay, so I don't know what to do here. And like there's in no shock. one there to really regulate. True. Because Lottie was the regulator. Knowing. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so crazy. And to be transparent, the episode before, because of my issues with birth and mm-hmm. all of that, I couldn't watch. So I'm only picking up clues, but just to run it back in the episode prior, what mm-hmm. happened to Shauna? Did she give birth and her baby was not alive and she was in a psychosis, like she was in, in shock or in psychosis and she imagined them eating she went back and forth between psychosis. So there were times okay. where they were showing her going to um, giving birth, but then other times where it's like, is this real or is this her psychotic mind? And there were times that um, it was, I won't say it was confusing, but like, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, the baby was a stillborn. Um, Misty tried to help um, deliver the baby based off of her limited CPR nursing skills as the class that she took. Um, but yeah, the baby was just not able to survive in that environment. But we went through psychosis of her um, living this alternative life of well, if the baby had been born, how she was struggling to breastfeed and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't able to happen. And that baby wouldn't have survived anyways. Do you know no. what I mean? Like it's it's so unfortunate her character goes through another loss because she's already lost Jackie and dealing with immense yeah. guilt from yeah. eating her. Um and not so that, really. That makes me think her. she is numb. Totally. She's gotta be yeah. completely and and part of me does think that she loved Jackie. Like it wasn't yeah. just like a friendship. Like maybe Shauna's character is straight but part of me thinks that she loved Jackie in a way that like she wanted to be Jackie or she wanted to be mm-hmm. with Jackie or, or something like that like she um their friendship was different like Shauna valued her opinion in a way that I would not value my friend's mm-hmm. opinions it was like she put Jackie very much up here yeah it's interesting I don't know if you watched the show Cruel Summer like the first season of it I didn't it's very similar, like a parallel about friendships and wanting to become like um, your best friends, like that person because of the what they have, the lifestyle, um, idolizing them so much. So, yeah, I do think that she has gone through just so much loss. Um, I wish that there was just more depth into the baby story. It could have like if the baby had lived or I don't know. I think there just could have been more done with that like it could have went to something else that we would have been like okay what happened to the baby like did he survive like is he living somewhere now I don't know I think they killed that so quick nope I guess no pun intended right um but I think there just could have been more to that it was just kind of defeating at the end I agree it was like it, it was just very heavy and I think that that's how they wanted us to feel like no closure and just very not at ease. So I guess they did a good job. Um, That's true. What what do you think of them adding in Van's cancer storyline? Because to me, I'm wondering why we need, unless she is going to be sacrificed, you know what I mean? Like they assume that she's the closest to death. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why we need something else thrown into this entire plot. It's another distraction. Right. Um, This show is just filled with so many distractions. 
I don't know the point because they can't be together. Right. She's married. Ben is dying. She's also strongly financially. They they live in two separate worlds. I guess to bring them back one last time um, to see if they could have, they have a relationship during this, like um, this retreat they're on. But other than that, there's nothing there. They can't be together. And we get their history. Like, I don't think I've ever thought at all during this entire series that Van and Thaisa did not have a very serious, close, Mm -hmm. life-changing relationship. So to be honest, we didn't need to see Thaisa make out with Van and cheat on her wife who's in the hospital. I'm like, where's her wife? Like, I I just could not think, (laughs) right. I could not think of anything else, but it, I'm like, get this out of here. Like, I just want to see where Sammy is. Where's the dog? Where's the, is that dog alive? Like, I just have so many more questions than that. She killed the dog. But remember she got a second one and I'm like, did the second dog survive? (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, oh, the one thing about Van and Taisa, I'm wondering what happened to them once they got back home. Like, Good did, question. you know, Taisa was like, I'm, I have to go this way. My family wants me to go over here and go into politics. Something happened where it's kind of like one of those love stories where my parents really have this plan for me to go to like college and live this life. And you're over here just in this small town and yeah. I'm moving away to California. So I guess we can't be together because I have to do what my parents want. It's giving me that vibe. Like she I got agree. back home and I was like, well, they have plans for me. So bye. <laughs> I can see that. I can 100% <laughs> see that. I hope we get yeah. to see another season, you know, to see what their college mm-hmm. selves do. Like, how do you girls collect yourself next would be my question. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to end it with like end yellow jackets discussion, what do you think is going to happen ultimately? Because I hated Misty's scene, but I think there has to be something important with Elijah Wood. I can't believe that she calls him admits to murder after he questioned her so hard in an, in a non-advertent way about whether or not she killed Adam. I don't, I can't tell if he's the FBI and he's been trying to get her if he's a yellow jackets obsessed and he's just obsessed with all of them or if he's going to save her and show up but there has to be something bigger so i'm just dying to know what you think it is if I any kinda, of those. it's given me that he's like an obsessed like nerdy like blogger or something like that i can't see him being a part of the fbi but that also might be his facade of getting close to her of being like similar to her Right. Um, I do think he's going to come back in some kind of way. I like Misty from season one better. She just seemed more like di- diabolical, more like conniving, dark, darker, but darker in a sense that like, ooh, I like this. Now it's kind of darky, dark in a way where it's like cheesy. Agreed. Agreed. And kind of quirky. Right. Yeah. It's when too campy. Porter was like, oh, this is like amazing. Yeah, this lady was about to get away. Same, (laughs) same. That was when it was good. And then, and when she killed Adam, even when she like busted it on Natalie and like snorted all of her coke, that was hilarious. Like, I loved that part. (laughs) Like, she was, but it's when we see like Caligula, who I don't really care about, and her Mm -hmm. fantasies. 
And even when we saw, actually, I did enjoy this. I enjoyed that we got to see Lottie, no, not Lottie, um, Mari, and all the girls mm-hmm. talk shit about Misty and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, Misty didn't flinch during childbirth. She's fucking a psycho. Like, look, <laughs> like she killed Crystal. And then she overhears that and two minutes later walks in crying. And we have to find Crystal. Like, I, that killed me. That was so funny. Yeah, they're like, if your best friend was missing, wouldn't you be out there trying to look for her? Right. Not just staying around. And then when Coach was going to, you know, kill himself, and she's like, well, I'll tell everybody that you're gay. It's like, that's what you can come up with, Misty. Come on. Can we can we be a little bit more empathetic? He's like, go for it. I don't care. And And then she's like, well, I'll tell him that I had your baby and that Shauna had your baby. And I'm like, and that would have been enough for me to be like, I'm not. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. It's just like she was spiraling into just like mistiness. (laughs) But I do think there was something behind when she said, like, I don't want another death on my hands. Like, I tried to save Mm -hmm. the... I do think she thought the coach wanted to kill himself because of her. Mm -hmm. I do think she she did think that he um, thought she purposely killed Shauna's baby or had some sadistic... Mm-hmm. intent and i don't even think she purposely killed crystal i think that she said that and then pushed her and it's like the classic like i hear stories all the time of somebody who gets in a drunk fight and they push someone and that person yeah. falls and hits their head and then you hear that they pass unexpectedly it's like mm-hmm. even um i'm watching real housewives of atlanta um candy's ex-fiance that she was with gets it in a fight he seems fine, and then he dies unexpectedly. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like the brain trauma. It, it seemed like a classic one. It just went too far, and that ended up being a lethal overstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Um, you see that all the time on Dateline. Um, yeah. And people people's emotions get the best of them in the, that moment that it's too late after that. That push, that slap um it's too late you can't go back and that's why it's so important to not engage in violence but Mm -hmm. then sometimes you really want to and that's a good segue into summer house martha's vineyard (laughs) did you watch the latest episode where phil took a shit okay yes (laughs) i mean let's start there because like i said it's a great segue um phil so switching over Summer House Martha's Vineyard, I'm going to give the listeners a little background. It's a new series. If you're not watching, Mm -hmm. it's on Peacock. It's also live on Bravo, Sunday nights at 9. It's a brand new spinoff of Summer House. I like it better. I like the cast. I like that it's an all-Black cast, and we don't just have a couple of Black cast members thrown on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's actual Mm -hmm. diversity. Um, So I really enjoy that about it. I enjoy seeing a different part of, like, an elite vacation spot in the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Because I I know, I've heard of the Hamptons, but I didn't hear of Martha's Vineyard before. Like, I don't know what that is or what Mm -hmm. it looks like there. So I'm enjoying that aspect. But we have this cast, and I think there's maybe eight of them that share a house. Mm -hmm. Friends. Yeah. Yeah, eight friends that share a house. Mm And Bria is one of the cast members who is highly controversial just because she brings her dog and her dog Mm -hmm. is causing so many little inconveniences around this house. We'll say Mm -hmm. Um, to people who don't have dogs, you could tell or don't care for dogs. 
Exactly. And just have a a certain way that they enjoy keeping their space. Yeah. And I don't knock that to to preface at all. I get that. Um, But she brings these two guests. She brings Shanice on this week, her friend, and she brings Mm -hmm. Phil. And both of these people are supposed to be her friends. And we see Shanice be a bad friend all episode. And then we see Phil arrive at the house, upset that Bria... (laughs) Didn't save him a room. I guess we did see episode one, her FaceTime him, him say to put a sticky note, whatever she didn't, his room gets taken and he throws a fit and shits in this guy's bathroom and doesn't flush it in order to claim the room. What was your thoughts? One, how how do you claim a room when you're late? You can't put dibs on something and you're not there when like... Seven other people are already there claiming rooms. Oh, we're going to save that for whenever Phil gets here. Like, girl, what? I'm here right now. My bags are here right now. So uh, you snooze, you lose. Um, I thought it was very, like, petty. Um, And at first, since the guy, I can't remember his name, when he went in there to flush the toilet, he didn't make a big stink about it. (laughs) Um, I would be like, you know, like, it smells in here, okay? <laughs> I would have made some kind of scene, being dramatic, like, oh my God. But he just went in there, flushed his toy. So to me, I don't know if I really believe he did that. Oh, okay. Because you know, once you use the bathroom and it sits there for hours, oh. the bathroom would not be the only thing smelling. You would smell that throughout the house, the bedroom. No one else was complaining about a smell. So I'm like, did he really do that? Did he oh really? Because even production would be like, it smells like, you know, in here. Nobody was doing that. So I don't know if I really believe that he did that. I think he may have went to the bathroom in there and then flushed the toilet. But I don't know if he let it sit there. because It was hours later. Oh, my God. I, I could just, if it, <laughs> My mind can't even, like, if that really did happen and if it was sitting there. Yes. The rage in me would be (laughs) so high. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know if it would be good or bad TV, but the rage in me would be a lot just because that is disgusting. (laughs) And I sure as shit would probably flush it just because I'm disgusted. But then I would probably go and I would probably have to like throw hands. Like I would probably have, if it was a girl, mm-hmm. I would I would slap her. And if it was a guy, I would punch him in the fucking face. Like mm-hmm. I would be so pissed about that. And I don't know what I would do in response, but I would want to do something. Like I- Yeah, you would. I, I was re-triggered watching it this morning. Like I re-watched it and I thought, hmm, maybe I won't be that upset. Like maybe it's not that bad. no. <laughs> I saw it and then he had the audacity to try to like spit game at Mariah after I'm like, Mariah, if you don't send him out of the way, he just (laughs) told you that he took a shit and didn't flush it. And she still was like, I fuck with Phil. I'm like, how we don't fuck because he has that. Phil has that. I don't give a fuck attitude. And she does too. They match energies. And Mariah's kind of like the black sheep. I think of the group, Um, maybe not in the same place financially, lifestyle-wise, as the other people. So she has more of an edgy side. Um, so I can get why they were vibing off of each other. But yeah, if he did that, you would smell it before you even went in the room. And like, the that guy would be had really no reaction. That's so true. So That's I don't, I don't, so I just true. don't believe, or he, maybe he did, and after he left production, flushed it. Ooh, but I don't believe that. Um, it just sat. There. I don't believe it was hours later and it was still there because you would smell that throughout the house. <laughs> oh my god! And 
I I get Mariah. I get that, I guess. Like he's edgy. So mm-hmm. that's that's alluring. So I get the mm-hmm. mystery behind that. But mm-hmm. when you do something foul, that's like immediately takes the place. Like mm-hmm. that, like the ick comes before. If I thought you were suave or if I thought you were really sexy, and then I find mm-hmm. out that you just took a shit and you didn't wash your hands or you took a shit and you didn't flush it. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately so unattracted to you. Like, it's like yeah. when I see a guy's butt crack, like it's like, mm, Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Whatever I felt, never mind. But she already wasn't really vibing with everyone in the house. So, you know, it kind of fed into like, well, I'm not really fucking with some of these people either. So come on in here and let's vibe it out. True. And I did not realize she was staying in like a two story house where everyone else was just in like single rooms. Oh, really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. When he went out there, he was like, how do you, how you got upstairs and downstairs out here? And wow. he's like, maybe I can come stay down here. And she's like, uh-uh, you're not staying up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's got like a penthouse. It's like, nope, this is mine. Keep a my whole out of here. house. <laughs> I love it. Um, what do you think about the main friend though? Like, I feel like she was trying to, you know, pre-produce, like having people come to dinner so guys, like I have these questions and let's all go deep and talk about, I forgot what the question was, but it was something that just felt very much like we're going to set the scene. We all get to dinner and this is what we're going to talk about. And someone was honestly like, girl, can we just have dinner? Yes. Wait, who said that? Because that was a good moment. Was it Jasmine? Maybe. Or was it Shanice? Was it Bria's friend? I think it might have been Shanice who said that. But and yeah, now, just feel like it felt the first episode to me felt a little bit like pre-produced, like really we're trying hard. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if like people were really going to be into it. And I, I think it's having a slow burn because um, it is something different. Phil did come in the second episode and list shit up. So it's helping it. But it's, I think it's having like a very slow burn because the main character, the the girl who's a wife, um, she just feels very much like lost, but trying to be a mini producer. That yes, it was Jasmine. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then episode two, she's like, I just want to be a kid. And she's like running through the field or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. get in here. Like, what is mm-hmm. happening right now? Like, you don't need to go that extra mile. And plus, she oversells her marriage, which bothers me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, if you guys are so secure, then be secure. What did you think about her husband's opinion on going out with Jordan and just not feeling comfortable with them like in the city together? Did you think he was overstepping or onto something? I think there's some backstory there that we haven't like heard or they're not going to talk about. Um, I think she's very much struggling to identify as a wife. And um, I think it's unfortunate that when people get married, they feel like they have to become somebody else. I think there's a balance. You can still be who you are, um, go out and do things. You don't have to just give up your entire life to be a wife. And I think she's struggling with her identity. And so I think there's more there that she's probably has been involved in with her friends going out that now they're just not really saying out loud. But I do think it's weird that, you know, when they're out by the jacuzzi or something, he's like, well, let me go check on my wife. And people are like, she just went in there and like, you know, to take a break. Why you gotta go check on her? Um, they're both trying to navigate being married, and I think they're struggling. But they're trying to make it seem like we have a great marriage, we're good. But you can see that there's cracks there. 
I think that married couples and drinking houses go so bad together. Mm-hmm. I, I we see it in summer house and like maybe Kyle and Amanda for now are like mm-hmm. fine and not being under a microscope. But when you're on, when you're in a very serious relationship and mm-hmm. you do things for your partner out of respect for them, people don't like that. Like when you're yeah. out and with singles, like single people are single minded. And if you're mm-hmm. not living your life just for you, or if you're like inhibiting yourself for someone else, they'll feel that yeah. and not, and think that you're slighting yourself. Um, and I kind of hate group settings altogether, but I still just love to watch these shows because they're messy. <laughs> like I know they're messy yeah. because I've been there and I've been in them. Um, yeah, I think I, there's a way to be respectful. Like you're not asking for permission, but you're being respectful. Like it's not just about me anymore. I do have someone at home. I want to respect my time of like, hey, I hung out with you guys, but you know, it's it's midnight now. I want to go home and be with my husband or whoever it is. But your friends are like, oh, you got to check in with him. You got to go answer to him. It's like, no, it's just a level of respect of knowing that I'm married now. Like, right. I used to have with y'all at four o'clock in the morning when I was single, but maybe one o'clock midnight, I got to go home. Yeah. And more than that, sometimes you just want to go home and some yes. friends don't <laughs> accept that. They're like, you, like Bria is kind of dealing um, with that a little bit with Jasmine. We see like, I don't feel like a party girl anymore. I have a boyfriend. I'm pretty settled mm-hmm. down. I like to not go out and Jasmine's like not understanding it. Um, so the, the one thing I like about the show, I definitely agree. It's a slow burn. I mm-hmm. like it's dialogue heavy and that they're good conversations. Like mm-hmm. I like the fact that um Preston in the first episode um addresses how he doesn't like the term black excellence and we hear mm-hmm. him explain why and then mm-hmm. I like how we see Phil's toxic masculinity like right off the bat yeah. and I know we're going to talk about that like I just like that it's um like relatable issues um mm-hmm. Even the whole like chiming in on having an opinion on your girlfriend going out that's relatable you know like mm-hmm. it's I, I like that aspect of it. It's not like lover boy. Who the fuck has a friend who owns a drinking company? You know, like we, I don't relate mm-hmm. to that as much as I relate to like yeah, some of the yeah. smaller side stories. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the push? Oh, wow. Um, do you think it was a push? Kind of. I think mm-hmm. that, I think that I'm like a very, calm person until Mm -hmm. someone gets in my physical space or is Mm -hmm. physical with me. And then I know that I am very highly reactive. So if somebody Mm -hmm. touches me, I would probably feel the need to respond just in terms of like, I don't know. I don't know like how maybe you would just walk away, but I feel like if you're going to push someone, then I would have done what Bria did and like threw the thing back. Like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We'll start there. We'll start there. Like here, fine, whatever. Have it back then. <laughs> Here's the dog towel that you hate so much. <laughs> like now it's touching you. What? And then if it was like another push, then it's like push back. Like I would definitely just push yeah. back. I think. What do you think? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it as a push. You didn't. Mm-mm, I didn't see it as a push. I, I do think she invaded her space. But the level of like um, dramatics that came around and kind of ruined the rest of the night, I didn't really. And also like, are you really my friend? You know, go over there and check her. Why aren't you saying something? You're letting her just party without 
you know, checking her about what happened. One, she wasn't there when that push happened. But also, I didn't really feel that it was a push. It was an invasion of my space. And you being in my face, yes. Was it disrespect? Yes. 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 But I, I I, felt like it was like a a tap. But it I was. understand that that was like, you're still in my personal space physically. Um, I feel like maybe physically threatened. She was like little brothering her. Like I wouldn't yeah. feel like if someone did that to me, like they were on it to harm me, but it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not touching you. And then you like get yeah. really close to poking them. It's like, well then just, just do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would, I would at least feel the need to match the pettiness and be annoying. Like, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think I would be physical because you're right. If it's just like a little like, then I'll just be uh-huh. like, back like fine we'll just keep it very low-key but if it was a very big push like then yes. you're right then you're right and then but I still think Shanice was a terrible friend she should have just mm-hmm. stepped in she has no image to preserve with any of these people like when you're mm-hmm. coming as a guest in a house your loyalties to your friend and if your friend all of a sudden tanks you're going to look like shit, just like she does in front of all eight of these people. And you just kind of have to know that. And then you guys like either leave or you go get drunk or you mm-hmm. make apologies later. But yeah. your 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 job there is to at least say, Bria, you're taking this too, too far. Let's go talk outside. Or Mariah, mm-hmm. don't touch her. This is about to escalate because you guys are in each other's physical space. Let's mm-hmm. call it quits. And she just remained Switzerland and tried to get a drink and get her picture taken. And that's what's going to, I think, continue to get her in trouble is that she plays the fence too much. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. So I want to get into Vanderpump really quickly. If, um, you have a hard out at three, right? Just so I can mm-hmm. watch the clock. Perfect. I'll get into what I can. You're aware of the Scandal situation <laughs> because yes. the news is aware of it. So Yes, yes. Yes. I want to know if you think that there's hope for Raquel in the sense that, and I'm not playing devil's advocate, but I want to set mm-hmm. the background. She's okay. 28 years old. She was in at least an emotionally abusive relationship before. I don't know if it was anything further, but you can mm-hmm. watch tumultuous scenes between her and James and get the vibe that she was this and he was here. And she had to do a lot to match up to him. So she's 28 out of a a abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. She drinks often Mm -hmm. with maybe like I, if I'm looking at her, I'm going to guess like five to six days a week, just because of how often they film. And then she's in Los Angeles. So it's not that I want to give her like this. Oh, like you're meek and you're white and you're pretty and you're blonde. But I look at her and I see someone thrown with the sharks. And I wonder if I'm the only one who feels like there's some redemption for her. I think there is. I I think it it comes with like a lot of therapy though. So you don't keep ending up in these relationships where um, men take advantage of you. um, They use and abuse you. The alcohol is probably her way of coping. But then also you live in LA. um, You're, you're a rival celebrity, celebrity, Producers are making money off of like the train wreck of your life at times. Um, But yeah, I would say probably like step away from the cameras a little bit and do some deep work about why do I keep ending up in these relationships and, you know, navigating, trying to move forward in a new relationship and knowing like, okay, is this person here for me? Is this person here for the person that they've seen on TV? 
Do they want clout for me? Right. Um, it's going to be hard for her to navigate like a healthy relationship and trust. This because it's been everywhere. Everyone's going to know her story. <laughs> Everyone. And for people who think that um, like essentially she has no redemption for the friendship aspect that Ariana was supposedly, you know, her best friend in your time as a therapist, like, do people ever get in such a heavy relationship with alcohol or so wrapped up by something else that they treat people who they love bad? Like, you know, like, is this, is this uncommon? Like is Raquel like the 1% of the world or is this more common for someone to take advantage of someone who's close to them or betray their trust? Or is this more common than people are acknowledging? I think it's more common. It's just people have become immune or numb to it. Um, or sometimes people are used to being taken advantage of by their own parents, that they have friendships or relationships with people who do the same thing. And so it happens a lot more, but people don't talk about it. They A lot of times people focus on how men can be toxic, but women can be too. And there's a lot of women out there who are kind of, um, you know, getting by on being toxic because we don't talk about or acknowledge it, especially in female relationships. Um, there's a lot of cattiness, a lot of uh, manipulation. Um, self, some people are self-absorbed that I think she can come back from this, but she has to, per, you know, think about like, how did I end up in this situation? Like with these two people, like what, how did I contribute to the demise of this friendship, sleeping with this person who was already involved with somebody else? Like, why did I put myself in this situation? Take out Tom, take out the other people and focus on like, how did I end up here? I think it's going to be a big journey of self-love for Raquel, because I think when you put yourself, and this is speaking from experience, when you Mm -hmm. put yourself in risky situations, when you engage Mm -hmm. in risky behavior, you don't appreciate yourself enough not to. You mm-hmm. don't care. You may like in a sense, you're numb. If I'm drinking six days a week, the decisions I make when I'm blacked out, I'll be surprised if number one, I remember, but number two, yeah. I'll think that's drunk Leah. Leah yeah. isn't her. And if you, if your boyfriend, you know, just like saying an example, like if your boyfriend happened to be someone I made out with while I was drunk, I didn't know he was your boyfriend. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like old Leah would be like, I don't know what to say. Like, but very common. Right. I can see grace for just not being like that. I just know what it's like when you're drinking to fill a void and around people who just want to drink with you. Cause I was a bartender, like bar Mm -hmm. crew, very similar to Vanderpump, like bar crew, when you want to go out with them, they're, they're ready to keep you down the same way as them. So everybody's at the same level. And I think they all feed into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any advice for women engaging in risky behavior or seeking male validation? Anything that you would say? Figure out like, why do you get, what do you get from it? What is the void that these negative behaviors feel for you and try and figure out within yourself, like, how can I get that need met with me and not engage in these risky behaviors? I love that. And therapy, right? Is that is, is oh, talk. of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's therapy end. is always the answer. <laughs> I love that. And we'll end with that because 
I start, I started therapy this week. I'm doing EMDR, which is what you specialize Mm -hmm. in. And really quickly, just to give a plug, what is EMDR and, you know, how, how can people find you? We'll end with that, I guess. So EMDR therapy is a therapeutic model where um, it helps you kind of desensitize yourself to negative memories, experiences, because oftentimes those negative memories, experience leaves us feeling a certain kind of way. Like I can't feel safe. I am not worthy. Um, I'm a bad person. And that emotion, that thought about myself is attached to a core memory. So EMDR is able to use like eye movement, tapping, body sensations to have you kind of relive and sit in that memory so that now when you are triggered by it um, after EMDR therapy or something comes up about that memory or thought, you don't feel that negative belief about yourself and you're not triggered by it anymore. Oh my God. I can't wait. I literally (laughs) can't wait. If that speaks to you. And if you just can't even imagine living a life where it's possible to not be triggered by certain things, Mm -hmm. like let's say you can't drive on the highway. Let's Mm -hmm. like me, like, let's say that birth grosses you out, like, or you, you just can't go to the doctor and get your teeth cleaned. Like you can't go to the dentist. There's ways that you can live a normal life. Um, and I'm just so excited for that. And I encourage everybody to look into therapy. Um, I'm excited for my journey. Do you take Mm -hmm. new patients or are you closed? What, what is your situation? Yeah, I just tell people to reach out to me. They can go to my website, Denise Brady, um, LMFT.com also on TikTok, Denise Brady, um, and reach out to me and we can see what we can do if we can work together or not. I love it. Thank you so much for all of your time. Thank you for the tidbits you gave us. I definitely want mm-hmm. to do an episode in the future because Oh, of course. Like I love you talking have, about TV. <laughs> yeah, like I have so much more I want to discuss. Like I just I'm only on season 2 of Real Housewives of Atlanta, so I need to talk about that sometime with you. I yes, love it. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed like the conversation so much to talk about. There is so much TV, so much unscripted TV coming this summer. Um, are you going to be watching, um, uh, the ultimatum? Yes. I'm going to be watching ultimatum. I'm going to be watching selling sunset. Are you going to watch both? Yes. I'm I'm also going to watch bachelor in paradise. Yes. So we're going to have some things to talk about. (laughs) Perfect. And really quickly, what comes first bachelor in paradise or bachelorette? Do you know? Um, bachelor in paradise. I thought it was more of a summer show or is it more fall? I thought it was summer too. I know June 26th is charity season. So I'm like, do they squeeze in paradise before? No, I think it must come in like, I think uh, like August, September. Okay. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. We have some time. We'll be able to watch ultimatum Mm -hmm. selling sunset, do episodes on that, Mm -hmm. all things in between. Thank you again for your time. I loved it.